What is Shaken Fire Nation? And welcome to the Entrepreneurs on Fire March 2018 Income Report. And we're going to be going through an incredible month of March that we had traveling the globe, hanging out in Puerto Rico, and doing a lot of cool things. So, First and foremost, our gross income for the month of March was $195,009. Our total expenses were $61,000 for a net profit in the month of March of $133,027. And that was a $6,000 decrease from the month of February. So overall, percentage-wise, quite close. And we're excited to chat today about our entire month because we had a lot of fun. We were doing some traveling. We were doing some cool things. But first and foremost, I want to bring on Josh Bowerly, our own CPA on fire, because as always, he has a monthly tax tip that is literally on fire. So make sure you got your notepad, your pen, your pencils, your paper outs, take some notes. Josh, what's going on, brother? Take it away. All right, John, as we record this, we have just 12 short days left in the 2017 tax filing season. And I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I just got to get through these last 12 days. It's going to be brutal, but I think I can do it. And to do that, I'm going to make this month's income report tip short and simple. All right. And I actually think this is a really good tip because I've been seeing it a lot this year. And most entrepreneurs have heard a million times that it's super important to build the right team around you, right? We hear it on EO Fire episodes all the time. Your guests bring it up all the time. You talk about it. All successful entrepreneurs talk about it. You've got to have the right employees. You've got to have the right contractors. You've got to have the right mentors. And of course, you have to have the right service professionals around you. And the better the team that you build around you, of course, the better your business. And luckily, a good chunk of the entrepreneurs, at least the ones that we work with, a lot of Fire Nation seem to absolutely subscribe to this theory, right? They're actively working to build a great team. But one thing I've noticed, and for whatever reason, this has been especially true during this tax season, is that while people are hiring great service professionals or going out of their way to find the best they can find, so I'm talking attorneys, CPAs, financial planners in particular, they aren't making these people a true team that works together in all parts of their business to make sure that it's all running smoothly. Okay, so they're, they're hiring a great attorney, they're hiring a great financial advisor, they're hiring a great CPA, maybe, maybe one you've heard of like CPA on fire, who knows. Um, but these three professionals and any other professionals they have on their team, they're, they're not having them work together. All right, and let me give you three quick examples of where I've seen that be a problem just over the last few weeks. All right, case number one, a client's financial advisor told them to contribute the max contribution to their SEP IRA. Okay, a SEP IRA is just a retirement account within your business. It's an amazing way to both save money, build wealth, and save on taxes. And the IRS potentially allows you to put up to $54,000 per year into that. Their financial advisor said, great, yes, put $54,000 into it. Only problem was we did their taxes. They were not eligible for $54,000. They were actually eligible for significantly less than that. Okay, so then they had to go through the headache, the pain of getting that refunded, getting it corrected, and they're going to potentially create a little bit of a tax liability for themselves because of it. Right? Something that would have easily been solved if me, in this case, me, their CPA, and their financial advisor would have worked together and said, all right, let's take the max, but we got to make sure it's the max that this client's eligible for. Okay, another situation, a client's attorney, this client was starting up a new business. The attorney said, hey, form a C corporation, you need max level legal protection. All right, and this was true that in this client's situation, they wanted as much legal protection as possible. However, a C corporation ended up being a terrible entity for their business for tax purposes. Okay, and if me and their attorney had worked together on this, we could have found a situation where they could have had an entity that was had similar level legal protection, but also offered great tax protection. Okay, so again, they had to spend the time, the money to get that entity changed and get one that protected them both legally and from a tax perspective. And scenario number three, similar to the first one, I had a client's financial advisor tell her to contribute to a Roth IRA. All right, great investment. Um, always love people to contribute to the Roth. 
Only problem is the Roth IRA has income limitations. And if you make over that limitation, you are not eligible for a Roth. And this client contributed to it before we could see their financials, before we could do their taxes. Come to find out she did make too much money. She was not eligible for the Roth IRA. And once again, she had to go through the time, money, and potential tax consequence of getting that corrected. Okay, so three quick, easy examples, but I'm telling you, I've seen this all tax season long. All right, and look, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say, like, I know I'm making it sound like right now, like, come on, the CPA knows the answer. Like, they needed to talk to their CPA. Look, this can easily go the other way, okay? I could easily tell a client, hey, get in this business entity because it's the most tax efficient. Do this investment because it's the most tax efficient. And it could be a terrible choice for legal purposes or for building wealth. Okay, so any three of those those service professionals or any other service professional could make the same mistake just by not speaking with your other service professionals. Okay, so this month, we're, as we're closing up this tax season, let's just keep this short and simple, right? I want all of Fire Nation to not only strive to build a great team of professionals like they're already doing, but they need to get these professionals working on, on their team, all right? So they're all working together. So before you go start a new entity, before you make an, a, a, a new investment, any major business decision you're making, run it by your CPA, run it by your financial advisor, and run it by your attorney. If you have any other professionals, run it by them too, all right? You wanna make sure it's hitting everything the most efficient way possible. Right, by doing this, you're gonna ensure you're making the best possible possible decision and you're not going to frustrate your attorney, your CPA, your financial advisor because you made a bad choice by keeping them out of the loop. Okay, so short, simple, get your financial uh, professionals on the same team. So yeah, as always, people, Fire Nation can find me by going to our website, cpmfire.com. They can reach out to me directly, josh at cpmfire.com. Always try to respond as quickly as possible to Fire Nation. Of course, we're at the end of tax season here, so it might be a little slower than normal, but love hearing from Fire Nation. And of course, we still have our free course for those looking to, to set up the most tax efficient entity, which they can get by going to cpaonfire.com slash Fire Nation. Josh, as always, on behalf of Fire Nation, thank you for dropping those value bombs. And Fire Nation, of course, visit cpaonfire.com or just email josh at cpaonfire.com. He is so great at getting back to you, Fire Nation. Now we're going to move smoothly and swiftly on to our next person who we're going to be featuring today, which is David Lizerbram. And he has a legal tip, as always. He's going to be focused on how to maintain your corporation or LLC. LLC on an annual basis. And let me tell you, my friends, I can speak from firsthand experience. It is so much better when you are maintaining these things rather than letting it build up. So make sure you tune in. David, take it away. Okay. Hi. Uh, we're going to talk about how to maintain your corporation or LLC. So I'm a business lawyer. And from what I can see, at least more and more entrepreneurs are forming corporations and LLCs. They're doing so to take advantage of liability limitations, to get access to tax benefits, especially from the new tax law, and to set up their companies for future investments and an eventual exit. So what do you need to do on an annual basis to keep your corporation or LLC in compliance? Now, the answers can vary from state to state and based on what type of company you have, but we can talk about some general principles and best practices. Let's look at corporations first and then at LLCs. Okay, corporations. So for the purpose of this discussion, I'm talking about small, closely held corporations. These are often called S-corporations because they've elected to be taxed according to subchapter X of the tax code, and the details of that are beyond the scope of this discussion, better suited for Josh than me. Um, larger publicly traded corporations have other compliance requirements. So the guidelines I'm going to talk about apply to most companies owned by one or a few entrepreneurs or investors. A small corporation can still make a lot of money. It just has a small number of owners. So all corporations, no matter how large or small, should hold annual meetings of directors and shareholders. The minutes of these meetings should be typed up and signed. Typically, the minutes of a small corporation aren't filed with any government agency. They're just kept by the company. This way, if your business is ever subject to a legal challenge, you'll be able to show that you really are operating as a corporation and are having regular meetings as required by the state in which you operate. If your corporation has only one shareholder, you're not really having a meeting, of course, but you still need to create annual minutes. 
That's not to say there's nothing the government requires of your company. Many states require a document to be filed either annually or in some cases biannually, which means every other year. These are typically called the annual report or statement of information. They're usually short forms that simply inform the government that you're still doing business, what your business address is, and who is your agent for service of process, the latter being the person or company that's authorized to receive legal documents, such as a notice of a lawsuit, on behalf of your company. Note that if your business was formed in one state, such as, let's say, a Delaware corporation, and operating in another state, or if you have multiple locations across state lines, you may need to file annual reports or similar documents in multiple states. Finally, your business may be subject to annual service fees or franchise fees. These are taxes that states charge to allow your company to do business in that state. Again, you may owe fees in multiple states depending on where your company was set up and where you're doing business. So definitely check with a tax advisor about these requirements. Okay, so what about LLCs? The answer is a bit simpler. In most states, LLCs aren't required to hold or document annual meetings of their owners, who are called members, as opposed to shareholders. So an LLC has members instead of shareholders. An LLC may not even have a board of directors. However, it's still a best practice for your LLC to hold and document annual meetings, as it's a good way to show that you're operating as a real business, and it's an opportunity for the various owners of the company to get together and discuss what's happened in the last year and the company's long-term goals. Just like corporations, most LLCs are required to file annual or biannual reports and to pay the service or franchise fees to the states in which they were filed and where they do business. Uh, So to wrap it up, it's great to form a company, but if you don't take the proper steps to maintain it, you may lose the benefits that come from owning a limited liability entity. That means you may be subject to a personal lawsuit or accrue substantial tax liability. If you're not familiar with all the paperwork required to maintain your company, I recommend you engage a business lawyer to handle the compliance for you. And again, definitely establish a relationship with a business tax advisor to make sure you're covered on the tax side. Okay, you got your corporate compliance squared away, and now you want to know how intellectual property issues like trademarks and copyrights may affect your business? You can download my free intellectual property for entrepreneurs checklist at productsofthemind.net slash eofire. That's productsofthemind.net slash eofire. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next time. David, value bombs were dropped. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate that. And Fire Nation, lizardbramlaw.com is where you can go to learn more about what David has going on. And of course, any questions that you have, Fire Nation, he will be more than happy to answer. So it's been kind of a dude fest, you know, for a little while here. And I'm really excited to be bringing on a nice female voice. And that, of course, is going to be in the form of Kate Lynn Erickson, because we're going to be talking about what went down in March. Specifically, we'll be starting with social media marketing world, which I'm pretty fired up to chat about because it was my fifth consecutive year as a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. So I got a very special badge for that, which is really cool. And we have a lot of cool stories to share. So Kate, say what's up to Fire Nation and take us through Social Media Marketing World. What's up, Fire Nation? Super excited to finally be on the mic. (laughs) When you said in the form of Caitlin Erickson, I felt like I should be like one of those hologram people that appear. (laughs) Someday, sooner than most people think. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. Um, So yeah, we'll pick up where we left off last month, which was in San Diego. We were just wrapping up Traffic and Conversion Summit, February 28th. And that same day, we made the move, um, I don't know, to the next hotel over. (laughs) Super close, but for social media marketing world, which, John, that's so crazy that that was your fifth year. Insane. And wasn't it your fourth year speaking? Fifth year speaking. Fifth year. So every single time you've been to social media marketing world, you've been a speaker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. Um, But wow, traffic and conversion was awesome. You heard all about it in last month's income report. This month, we'll talk about social media marketing world, which it was such an awesome one-two punch. We got to meet up with loads of amazing people, including Richie and the team over at Product. Got to hang out with Pat Flynn. We got to see Michael Stelzner. We got to hang out with Mike Koenigs. We had a Puerto Rico crew in the house. What were there? Four, five of us? Six of us. We're taking over the world. Slowly but surely. (laughs) Slowly but surely. Um, Well, one of my favorite parts about social media marketing world as a whole is the opening night party that they do on the USS Midway. 
which is such a cool experience in and of itself, just being on the USS Midway in San Diego. But Michael Stelzner rents out the entire ship (laughs) and he throws the opening night party on it. Um, So that was a perfect start to the event. You kind of get to mingle and meet each other. They do like some a bingo game to kind of help you float around and, and mingle more than you might otherwise. Um, but there's so many great people to chat with, meet with. And gosh, I met a lot of new people. Actually, John, remember the girl who came up to us and had told us about her story about using the Freedom Journal? That was an awesome story. So incredible. Um, so it's it's just really a cool way to get to see everyone before the conference starts. Um, and then we were thrown into the conference quite quickly with Michael Stelzner's opening keynote, which is always really interesting to hear at the beginning of the conference because what he does is he reviews the industry report that him and his company and his team put together every year. They do a survey across small business owners to ask how are you going to be using social media this year? So it's a really cool way to kick off the event because he literally goes through stats, shows graphs, and there's always loads of great information. It really sets the tone for what you're going to learn from the uh, hundreds of sessions that go on over the next couple of days. But I think one of the most interesting things for me in his report was the fact that he talked about the Facebook algorithm and how Facebook is the most popular platform in terms of asking small business owners, like, where are you going to put your focus and where do you feel you'll ramp up your social media marketing this year? It's I feel like for the last five years, it's been Facebook. Wouldn't you say, John? Absolutely. I mean, there's been these little blips for like people are interested in Snapchat. And of course, Instagram is really stepping it up with Instagram stories. And they talked about that loads too. But I always feel like Facebook advertising, Facebook video, talked about video a lot. Um, And not only should you definitely head over to Social Media Examiner and check out that industry report, it's a free download. Um, But we also did a full recap post of the entire social media marketing world event where I shared my notes with you from the sessions that I attended. And we have both of these things linked up on the post that accompanies the income report, which is at eofire.com forward slash income 55, because this is our 55th income report. Wow. Um, So it's just loads of really great information. And regardless of how heavily you use social media, I feel like it's really great information to have in your back pocket. John, what was your biggest takeaway from Michael's keynote? Well, I loved everything that he talked about. I will say just his really focus on really Facebook bots. I found that that was something that was such a focus for traffic and conversion. Then it was such a focus for social media marketing world as well. But then what's really interesting, Fire Nation, which is why it's important to keep your finger on the pulse you know, with the whole GRDP Facebook thing, which we won't get into details on because it's just a lot and it's kind of confusing. But, you know, now Facebook is kind of starting to put a little bit of a kibosh on Facebook bots. So, you know, if you if you walked away and you had this whole strategy and you wanted to rest your whole business on that, now you're like, whoa, I got to change things up again. So, you know, that's just one of the big things that I really took away is that, you know, what's working right now is just that. It's working right now, but it might not even be working tomorrow. And guess what? Facebook may loosen their standards and Facebook bots and chat bots might be back and in the same way that they were prior to this kind of lockdown in a way, but at the same time, they might not be. So you just have to be flexible as an entrepreneur. You know, we go to these conferences, we learn a lot of great strategies, a lot of great tips, tools, and tactics, but then we can't just come back and then put our heads in sands, uh, our head in the sand, and then just kind of ignore everything around us. You have to keep that finger on the pulse by listening to podcasts like this and other great podcasts that are going to keep you up to date on this stuff because it's really critical that you do. And also, Kate, I will say that I thoroughly loved and enjoyed the panel that I did with uh, Pat Flynn and Lewis Howes. The three of us just had an absolute great time getting together, hanging out beforehand, kind of strategizing what the panel was going to be about, which is ways that we grow our personal podcast audience because we all have podcasts that get over a million listens per month. So you put the three of us up there, that's a lot of listens per month on a podcast, on a very intimate form of media, which of course is podcasting. 
And of course, we're all really good friends from over the years. And so we love getting back together, hanging out. And you can just really tell from the panel that we were really having a lot of fun with each other. You know, myself and Pat were like uber prepared guys. Like we're ready for what was coming and we were able to make things happen where Lewis just kind of shows up and, you know, can think quick on his feet. But at the same time, he was like, you know, what was a, you know, what were we talking about again? Like, <laughs> and so we were going to be able to go back and forth and rib each other. He was ribbing us and we were ribbing him. And it was just kind of a really good vibe. And I know the audience really kind of enjoyed that because it made the audience feel like it wasn't like us, like stiff necked, like this is how you grow your podcast audience. But it was just like a few dudes who have become friends over the years, hanging out. And now we're hanging out with everybody in the room too. And it was that kind of vibe happened. So there was a lot of laughter after the session was done. You know, all three of us, you know, really got mobbed for selfies and just questions and things like that. And we all stuck around and just had a lot of fun doing those different things. So I really just kind of enjoyed that kind of experience. And, you know, I do love doing solo presentations, which I did at Traffic and Conversion. And that was a lot of fun. And for anybody that follows me on uh, Facebook, uh, I've actually posted twice now my full 45 minutes million dollar funnel presentation from trafficking conversion i know a lot of you loved watching that uh, especially because a lot of you could watch it in 2x speed so you could get it done in about 23 and a half minutes but i will say that um you know getting on a panel with some people that you uh, really enjoy and and just have uh, a great friendship with and bond can also be a cool experience as well so those are really um some of my favorite things from social media marketing world was of course you mentioned the uss midway the speaker's party is something that I treasure. It's two hours of pure gold because there's like 125 speakers at this event and we get to hang out all in one room with each other. And a lot, and a lot of times it's the only times that I'm seeing people like Chris Brogan, you know, like Darren Rouse, who came all the way from Australia, like people like that. It's the only time I'm seeing them throughout the course of the year. It's kind of like a family reunion. So those are all reasons why I love social media marketing world and why it'll always be a priority for me to go to. So you talked about your panel, which uh, Fire Nation and the recap post that I did on Social Media Marketing World, I kind of talk about the panel from my perspective, which I think a lot of the audience shared this perspective as well. Not only, John, was it really cool to see you, Lewis, and Pat together. Um, You guys had Kathy Heller joining you on the panel as well. It was really cool to kind of like see the format that you put together because that was unlike any other panel that I had ever been to before. And I'll try and sum it up short and sweet. But again, I do go into details and I share what everybody's tip was off from this format that John created, which was there's four of them, including John. Each person is going to say what their number one tip for how they grow their podcast audience to fuel their business. And then based on that one tip that that one person gave, the other three people give their tip based on that tip. So like John says, my number one tip for growing my podcast audience to fuel my business is doing an interview podcast of entrepreneurs where I get to ask that entrepreneur to then see if they want to share it with their audience. That was huge for the growth of entrepreneurs on fire. So then Lewis, Pat and Kathy all had to say how they've used guest interviews to fuel their business and their podcast growth. So it was really cool to not only get four huge value bomb tips on growing your podcast audience, but then also hear from the other three people how they've leveraged it too. And because your guys' podcasts all kind of fall in different categories and speak to different audiences, it was kind of like seeing that one audience growth tip from four very different perspectives. So kudos to you on setting up a really cool style for the panel. I felt like that panel should have lasted like three hours long instead of 45 minutes. And I know that everybody else in the audience felt the same way. Yeah, we had a blast and definitely got some great responses from that. So uh, definitely recommend checking out that post that Kay's talking about because she does go into detail and we share some really, really cool things. And as if, you know, traffic and conversion with all the parties that happened and then social media marketing world with all the parties and the sessions and all the this and that that happens, you know, of course, I and my wisdom decide to throw the second annual social smash 
where um, me and my buddy Mike Koenigs, we actually use his space in San Diego. And we just kind of throw this this big party. It's for really everybody that decides not to scoot out the day that social media marketing world ends. It's for people that you know have another night that are, that they're actually in San Diego. Let's not waste it. Like let's all get together. Let's have some fun. So Mike opens up his studio, and the two of us host this social smash where we have a sommelier, you know, somebody who just comes and she brings these amazing wines and she talks about them and it's a really cool experience. We have this incredible mixologist who makes these amazing drinks and of course there's food there. And then Mike's live video studio is incredible. Like we're talking lights, camera, action to the extreme. Um, There's even like different sets. Like while I was on the main stage, you know, Kate was over in what's called the digital diner, um, getting interviewed by somebody else. So myself and Mike could be like, all right, Kate, take it away. And like, we'd point over and then the camera would zoom over to them. And now they're in this like, kind of like diner setting, having a fun time doing their thing, um, on camera with that. So it was just a, a real cool experience. You know, we were cycling people through, getting them up on stage, getting them over to the diner, um, having people just be able to, to meet and mingle with each other because, you know, you go from like 4,500 people at social media marketing world to just kind of, you know, this was a, a hand delivered invitation to select people. So we had a few hundred people that were coming in and moving out throughout this party throughout the night. And so it was a much more intimate gathering. It was a lot of fun. Like, you know, a lot of the speakers came like Pat Flynn, Jason Van Orden, Richie Norton, like a lot of people that spoke at these conferences came because, you know, we really wanted to create this fun experience. But then we also invited some really cool attendees that we met as well. And again, we had these like great invitations that we kind of handed out throughout social media marketing world to those people who we connected with and we realized that they were going to be staying an extra night in San Diego. So Social Smash was a smashing success for the second year. Uh, Next year will be the third year. And what's pretty cool about it is Michael Koenigs is moving to a new office. So he's going to have a brand new studio, which is going to be an absolute blast. I'm looking forward to checking that out. He's going to send me pictures as soon as it's set up. But we're going to have a lot of fun there as well. And Social Smash was a blast. And then Kate, uh, that was kind of our wrap of San Diego, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I walked out of Mike's office and like the stress of which camera I was supposed to look at when I was in that digital diner was like enough to put me down. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I am so tired right now. The past 10 days had been so crazy with doing traffic and conversion, social media marketing world back to back. John, I don't even know how you did it because you did like 75 times what I did in that time period. I wouldn't say that's an exaggeration, to be honest. I mean, it's really not. I mean, with the interviews that I did at traffic and conversion, I was on your business with JJ Ramsey, which is like a great um, show on MSNBC and actually it just aired live um, last Sunday, which was really cool. So I got to see that live on MSNBC and I actually posted that on, on social media as well, both on Facebook and Instagram. So Fire Nation, um, if you're like, oh, I wish I saw some of these things, then you will see those things if you follow me on social media. It's really that simple. So just follow me on social media. I am at John Lee Dumas on Instagram. And of course, you can just search Facebook for John Lee Dumas and you will be off to the races. Follow me there and you won't miss a thing. But yeah, I did so many interviews, you know, both like just for the event and for people that were there that wanted to like interview some cool people. And overall, it was just really a great experience. I was going a million miles an hour the whole time. Um, And so I I can't honestly say that I was super disappointed when I woke up the day after social smash and was like, wow, that whirlwind is officially over. Um, Yeah, but not really, because then you took off to Nashville, Tennessee for a mastermind. (laughs) But before we get into that, Fire Nation, we're going to take a minute and thank our sponsors. If you're an e-commerce marketer who is having a difficult time understanding the direct ROI of your marketing campaigns, I get it. It can be frustrating. The good news is if you can put your already existing data to work in order to make more meaningful interactions happen with your customers, then you will win. How do you do that? With Klaviyo. Klaviyo helps e-commerce marketers save time and make more money through super targeted, highly relevant email and advertising campaigns. The best part is there's no need to hire an army of developers to access and translate your data for you. All you have to do is integrate your store with Klaviyo's and 
then it will bring together all of your data in one place, making it easy for you to create campaigns that drive results. That's why thousands of e-commerce companies use Klaviyo to increase their sales. And right now you can sign up for free at Klaviyo.com. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Fire Nation, we are back. And yes, we're going to now be chatting about Nashville, Tennessee, because something that was pretty cool was back over the summer, actually, it was like late summer, early fall. Um, I was a, an affiliate for Ryan Levesque's Ask Masterclass, which was a great product um, on you know how to basically ask your audience the right questions to understand their pain points or obstacles or challenges or struggles and then create the solution for them. So you are essentially doing what I am always telling you to do, Fire Nation. Engage with your audience. Build know, like, and trust with them. Ask them what they're struggling with. And then when they tell you, create the solution for them. And Ryan just has this great framework for it. Of course, it was perfect for Fire Nation. So I brought him on the podcast. We talked about it for a while. Did a real great audio masterclass on that. So definitely go back and check it out if you want to hear more. But then we promoted his course, Ask. And it was an absolute smashing success. I actually came in fourth in the overall um, affiliate uh, standings in the end, um, only coming uh, behind a couple of the really big OG heavy hitters, Michael Hyatt, Jeff Walker, and um, actually I can't even remember who the third person was, but those were number one and number two. They were battling for first and second. Then it was a distant third and fourth where I was in fourth place. But what was really cool is that Michael Hyatt, who ended up winning this entire affiliate um, contest, was able to choose where the in-person mastermind was going to be for the top 10 affiliates. So it was a super cool experience that I got to, number one, be a part of this contest, um, let you, Fire Nation, know about this amazing course, You know, generate a lot of sales uh, for Ryan and his company on this great course, and as a result, be invited to a one-day 10-person, in-person mastermind at a place of Michael Hyatt's choosing because, again, he came in number one. He came in first place, which he chose, shockingly, Nashville, Tennessee because he uh, lives in Franklin, so just a little uh, drive outside of Nashville. So for him, it made all the sense in the world. I probably would have chose Puerto Rico, of course, if, if I had won, and I would have been <laughs> curious to see how many people would have shown up. <laughs> but, um, all of them, they would have been like, this is amazing. Not only do I get a one-day mastermind, but I get to have an excuse to go to Puerto Rico to attend. I like to think so. I really do. And uh, there were some other great people there as well. So I, you know, I mentioned that Michael Hyatt came in first place. You know, Jeff Walker came out from Colorado to attend this. Um, actually, Laura Phillips came all the way from London to attend this one-day event, which was super cool. She came in 10th place, so she was just fighting tooth and nail to be in this top 10 because she really, really wanted to be a part of this mastermind. She got into 10th, I guess, in the, in the, in the last hour of the event, of the actual contest, and then she's like, I'm going to this one day because she earned it, so she flew... <laughs> in from London to this one one day event. Uh, like I said, Jeff Walker was there. Josh Turner was there. Um, Eben Pagan. So there was just some really cool, high-level entrepreneurs in the house. Stu McLaren was one of the top 10 winners. So it was just a lot of fun to be in the room with that much brain power. And we just did a full one-day mastermind. If any of you have been to Nashville, Tennessee, I had a really cool time running around the city. I mean, literally running around the city. Like I got there, I strapped on my running shoes, and I went for a run. That's kind of how I like to explore cities. And I was really impressed. And then also uh, I was staying at the 21C Hotel, which is a museum slash hotel. Super cool, super boutique, right in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee. And again, Fire Nation, if you're following me on Instagram, you're getting to live this life with me. This these through my Instagram stories, I share all. And if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know what I mean by there were penguins that were scaring the crap out of me. And if you don't get that joke, it's because you don't follow me on Instagram stories. So <laughs> if you want to be on the inside, at John Lee Dumas. But overall, the event was a ton of fun, a lot of great takeaways. We actually all wrote down something that we would be willing to present on when we first got there. So this would be a cool maybe little piece of uh, feedback and food for thought for anybody that's having these type of events or masterminds. We get there, we all write down on a piece of paper something that we will present on. And then all the pieces of paper get collected and then anonymously 
Um, no, actually, it wasn't anonymous. We also put our names down too. So we knew who, who was going to present what. And we actually gave like a 30-second pitch on what we were going to. So I take that back. It wasn't anonymous at all. <laughs> but uh, we all kind of like took our turns and like gave 30 seconds on something that we will present upon. And then everybody did anonymously vote. That's where the anonymous part came in. We all voted for the one that we wanted to actually um, have presented. And again, we actually voted for three because there was a total of three of us that were going to present. And I will say I must have pitched really well because mine was chosen number one. So I was the first presenter and I presented on physical products in Amazon and Amazon ACOS, which is Amazon's ad platform. And just really got people excited and fired up about the medium of Amazon because as you can see from these income reports, we've been crushing it on Amazon for a long time now. Um, Both the Freedom and Mastery Journal are quote unquote Amazon's choice. So we have the Amazon's choice badge and we just sell a crap load of journals every single day on Amazon. And one thing that I love about it, just to not go too deep into my presentation, but most of the people that buy my journals on Amazon have never heard of me before. So I'm getting exposed to a massive and new audience every single day through these journal sales, which is super, super cool. So I think some of you listening right now, honestly, have bought my journal having no idea who I was or Entrepreneurs on Fire was. But then through the journal, of course, you you read the intro and you just kind of see the flow, et cetera you are like, well, maybe I'll go check out this entrepreneur on fire, dude. And like, next thing you know, you're listening to the income report and this is how you found me. So it's a great way to yet be at another place to generate more potential audience for what you're doing, Fire Nation. So I gave a whole presentation on that. Definitely was a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff Walker gave a presentation that was incredible. And the third person, actually, I think it was Laura. Laura Phillips gave the third talk. And um, all three of us had a lot of fun. We got up, you know, we uh, gave the the presentation with the whiteboard and we were showing like real behind the scenes numbers. So that was super cool as well. And, um, you know, then I actually got to just do some fun things with some of the people as well. Like I was able to be interviewed by Jeff Walker for his Inner Circle Mastermind, which was a lot of fun. Um, I did a thing with Ryan Levesque for his community. So I was able to really mix in a lot of things in this one day. I mean, if I look back on it, that one day feels like it lasted a week in a good way because we did so much. You know, we started early. We were very focused. We made the most of every minute that we had. And then when it was time to take off, it was time to take off and finally return back to sunny Puerto Rico. So Kate, you want to take over from here? Yeah. So I'd never heard of that format for a mastermind that you just described. And so the first time you told me about it, I was like, I don't understand what you just said. I don't understand how that flow goes. But what a cool idea. So yeah, I like that you kind of broke it down and talked about it because anybody who's tuning in who hosts their own masterminds, that would be a really cool thing to integrate into your setup is that like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but that almost took the spot of like the more traditional hot seat roundtable style, correct? Correct. Yeah. So um, I think that's really cool because everybody in the room really learns something and to have everybody vote on who gets to talk about what um, is pretty cool too. But yeah. So after that, you're like, I think I'm going to try and stop in Tennessee on the way home. And I'm like, you are crazy because you've already done 7 billion things in the past (laughs) week, but go ahead. I stayed in San Diego. (laughs) I was like, I will see you in Puerto Rico. And Is that how it went? Yeah, I think both of us flew back to Puerto Rico separate, but like on the same timeline. And um, then we got to come home and be in 85 degree weather instead of 55 degree weather. (laughs) It was actually really cold in San Diego. There was a couple of days that got into like the high 30s and we were at your parents' house and we were like running the fireplace and it was just like... This is really cold. I mean, it wasn't Maine cold because we were in Maine in February and that was just plain miserable. But uh, San Diego was chilly. I remember being like, I want to go for a run right now, but I can't. Yeah, it felt really great to be back. Plus, I mean, it had been, I think by that time we had been gone for five weeks, over five weeks maybe. And plus, during the time that we were gone, there were probably two, three couples who we hadn't seen since before the hurricane because they had left Puerto Rico before the hurricane. 
we came back November, but they still hadn't been back yet. So there were people coming back to the community while we were gone. So it was pretty cool to, and, and, you know, we were anxious to come back and like see everybody. So that was also a great homecoming. We got to come back and actually for the rest of March. So for the two and a half weeks that were left, we went into like full focus mode um, because we had started 2018 off with a hiring a contractor who's now part of our team, uh, well, a part of our team as a contractor, um, but she's part of the team, a marketing consultant who helps us with all of our operations, our SEO, all the backend stuff, setting up optimization, user experience. And so when we sat down with her in January, we were like, we are going to focus on five big projects for 2018. And John, you've called this our fire focus for 2018. We talked about this a bit in our, what episode did we talk about our fire focus in? I think it was two income reports ago. So I think it was actually January's income report. So we went through what our fire focus is going to be. We also described how we're really focusing on constant improvement. So when we came back in mid-March, as you can imagine, when we were traveling in February and part of March, sure, we were working on the business, definitely. But it's really hard to move bigger projects forward when we're traveling. It's kind of more of like a maintenance mode, if you will. So when we came back, we really hit the ground running. We were like, let's double down. Let's really get into our fire focus. So we spent loads of time with Kelly just reviewing like what we were working on, which right now is a redesign of the website, mostly based on user experience and the journey that we want to take our audience on. So we've been really hugely concentrated on how our funnel is set up because in the past, and this is like a whole nother episode, but in the past we've talked about having multiple funnels, you know, anywhere between five and eight funnels set up. We're almost well, we are taking a huge step back and looking at creating one funnel. So that's a huge focus for us right now, putting that together, seeing how it all works, which we're going to be getting into loads of detail about all of this. So the bonus episode that we published on Entrepreneurs on Fire about the big changes that were coming up, we had a survey in that episode because not only did we talk about our fire focus for 2018, the five big projects we were going to be concentrating on, we also talked about how at episode 2000, Entrepreneurs on Fire was going to go from a daily show to a two to three times per week show. And so we were really curious and interested and intrigued to hear from you, Fire Nation, what you thought about not only the five big projects we were working on, but just that huge shift that we're coming up on at episode 2000, which is just a couple of days away, which is so wild. And so we did a Fire Nation survey and what we found out from you about how you felt about the podcast shifting, how long you've been listening to Entrepreneurs on Fire, where you're at on your own entrepreneurial journey, just revealed so many amazing data points and so much insight for us so that we can now craft and create content that we know for sure is specifically what you're looking for. So John, do you want to dive into a bit of the Fire Nation survey? Yeah, very, very briefly, though, because I will say when you're listening to this right now, Fire Nation, it's past episode 2000. So 2000, if you haven't listened to it, I highly, highly recommend going back, listening to episode 2000, because I go through episode 2000, or I take episode 2000, and I go through the entire Fire Nation survey. I take it apart piece by piece by piece. So if you've ever wondered, like, who else besides you um, is listening to Entrepreneurs on Fire, this is your chance to, to listen to that incredible episode. Those of you that have already listened know that I talk about demographics, gender. We ask some real deep questions like, what do you think about the shift to a you know twice a week show? Like, what do you like about the show? What do you not like? I mean, we ask some really cool, hard hitting questions and I share the good, I share the bad, I share the ugly. You know, there were some, honestly, some really intense remarks and I'll just leave it that way, but we share 
it all. I share all the glowing, loving remarks, and I share all the remarks that are the opposite of that as well. So definitely recommend go back, listen to episode 2000, where I fully break down the Fire Nation survey. It was really fascinating for us, and I hope that it inspires you to potentially survey your audience, no matter what size you are. And in fact, I would, I would challenge you know those with very small audiences right now. Now's the time to survey because you can really do a deep dive on who your core audience is right now and grow the right way. Like if we had done this every six months, you know, things might have changed at Entrepreneurs on Fire a lot faster than they actually ended up changing. So definitely survey your audience. And Kate has a great post that goes along with this episode that breaks down how you can do a survey because we get into how exactly we did this. So she breaks down step-by-step how you can do something very similar to basically identical to what we did and how to basically read the results and get the most value from that. So episode 2000, I have a super cool throwback during that episode to episode 1000 that I think a lot of you will really think is pretty cool. So you definitely have to go back and listen. I have a lot of people from Tim Ferriss to Amy Porterfield to Michael Hyatt to Ramit Sethi, to Pat Flynn, to Lewis House, to fill in the blank. Um, actually, um, I, I bring them on to episode 2000 from the episode 1000 epi- um, recording that I had done. So definitely check it out. We have a lot of fun. We go through a lot of value on the Fire Nation survey. I talk about a few different things too. So episode 2000, if you haven't already listened, is absolutely a must listen for you. And when you're done, you'll know exactly why. So Kate, I'm about to move on to the March 2018 income breakdown. Anything uh, with the Fire Nation survey or that we've chatted about so far that uh, you want to get into before I do? Can you believe that you've recorded 2,000 <laughs> episodes? Well, I'm actually way past that if you really think about it because right. you know, all the income reports were bonuses, so mm-hmm. they weren't even counted as episodes. And so, yeah, I mean, we've been past 2,000 technically for a long time, but you know, this official big fat 2,000 number is here now because that's the specific interviews that I've done. So it's, it's a crazy, crazy feeling. Yeah. So, well, as John said, I do have a post where I go into detail about exactly how you can survey your audience for big results. So if you want to check that out, you can just head over to eofire.com, type survey into the search box. And this episode, the income report, episode 2000, and that blog post deep dive where I go into exactly how you can do this for your audience will pop up. Yeah, you should actually put um, that episode as a smart podcast player at the top of that post, just so people can listen to it as well while they're there. Mm, for sure. March 2018's income breakdown, Fire Nation. Our product and service income was $125,000. We were one journal shy of selling 500 journals in the month of March. So Sarah, why didn't you buy a journal? You would have got <laughs> us to 500. Um, <laughs> I should have just gone in and bought one. Oh, but uh, that generated a total of $18,500 for us just in journal sales. Uh, we did 245 Freedom Journals and 184 Mastery Journals. So very similar numbers again. It seems like the Freedom Journal does seem to always nudge out the the Mastery Journal. So if you haven't yet uh, gotten the Mastery Journal, show the Mastery Journal some love and head over to themasteryjournal.com. And of course, use promo code podcast as a nice little discount and gift for listening to the podcast. Uh, Podcasters Paradise, we brought in 30 new members and did a total of $34,637. Our sponsorship revenue was 67 k Um, Of course, our podcast website's salary was $5,000, as it is on a month-to-month basis. Um, We did uh, just under 70K for our affiliate revenue. Um, We did $13,000 through Create Awesome Online Courses. Uh, We did $24,000 through ClickFunnels. The self-publishing school affiliate with Chandler Bolt did $11,000. So we had a lot of cool... Uh, affiliate uh, revenue that j- was generated in the month of March for show. Um, our total expenses was over $60,000. And again, we list everything out in uh, eofire.com slash income 55s income report, the post. So definitely go in and check it out. We don't leave anything out. You can just see all of the money that we spent on everything that we spent. And again, Kate goes through this with a magnifying glass. So if it's on our expense reports, we think it's valuable for sure. So 
Our net profit was $133,000, and we have a big lesson that we learned, which I will hand over to Kate to bring it home. That big lesson is one of John's favorite acronyms, which Fire Nation, I hope you know, and you'll say with me, FOCUS. Follow one course until success. And honestly, we could have taken a bit of our own advice in March, if I have to say so myself. I mentioned earlier that when we got back from our travel and conferences that we really hit the ground running, that we were so fired up to dive into our five fire focuses for 2018. And we were on the line with Kelly and we're talking about the website and the survey and we're talking about um, our new funnel. And we honestly got a little bit carried away. And we started trying to work on too many things at the same time. And unfortunately, the result of that is that in March, we did not get to completion on any of them. And so the big lesson there was just when we took a step back, we realized how easy it is to get wrapped up in the excitement and the to-dos when you're working on new projects, especially new projects, because you're so anxious and excited about the result that you're going to get once you implement them. But it's so important to realize that when you're trying to focus on too many different things at once, you are really doing yourself, your business, and your audience a great disservice. And I really hope that that sticks with you so that the next time you're trying to work on two, three different things at once. I mean, we hear this in the Freedom and the Mastery Journal group all the time. One of the top posts, recurring posts in that group is I got my Freedom Journal. I can't wait to dive in. What do you guys think if I work on two goals at once? And the whole point of the Freedom Journal is to help you focus on one goal. Follow one course until success. So once we realized what we were doing and what I know so many other people who are tuning in do as well is you get really excited. You try and work on multiple projects at the same time and the result isn't going to change. The result of working on too many different things at once is always going to be that you're not going to make enough progress in any of them. So once we realized what was happening, it was really easy to correct course and get ourselves back on track with just focusing on one project. And this doesn't mean that we're not working on other areas of our business. It doesn't mean that we wake up and get to our computer at 7 a.m. and until 5 p.m. we're only doing one thing. It just means that in terms of our big projects, we tackle one at a time. Because when you have multiple projects you're trying to move forward at the same time, is going to be an uphill battle. So my lesson, and I hope that this is helpful for you, is to stop making this more difficult on yourself than it needs to be. Prioritize those big goals that you have and focus on one. Focus. Follow one course until success, Fire Nation. Kate could not have said it better, so I won't go on, but I hope that you take that lesson and all the lessons that we're sharing here and apply them to your 2018. And as always, prepare to ignite. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed the income report for March 2018. And if podcasting something that fires you up just a little bit, well, we have a completely free podcasting course for you freepodcastcourse.com. Get over there, Fire Nation, and I will catch you on the flip side.